20, 20, 20, 28 minutes or less podcast. Minutes or Less Podcast with S. Foster. So, what's up, people? This is S. Foster, and this is 28 Minutes or Less, and we are tuned into episode 39 of the podcast. And um, before I get started um, with the subject matter, I just want to say, you know, shout out to my uncle Washington. Um, you know, I went to go see him the other day. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into it. Um, but, you know, Uncle Washington is going through some things right now. So, you know, he's not going to be a part of the Stolen Time podcast. I actually got some things set up for the podcast. So the podcast is going to continue to roll. You know, keep checking in with the, um, with the Stolen Time podcast. We're still going to be coming out with episodes. So, I appreciate everybody that supports that podcast and also supports this one and Viewers Anonymous. And another thing before we get started, you know, a special shout out to, uh, you know, Nate, you know what I'm saying? They came on the podcast two podcasts ago. Uh, I appreciate him for coming on with me. Also, shout out to, um, you know what I'm saying, the AD, uh, Will and McGee, that came on the last podcast with me. Um, both of those podcasts was really fun. Um, it was it was fun to, you know, to do different podcasts with different people. You know, I haven't really done that a lot. So I appreciate those dudes for coming on and sharing their time with me to do this podcast. Two great interviews. So I appreciate both of those dudes. And so I'm getting into the subject matter. And the subject matter is crack. All right. Now, listen to me. Let me elaborate on that. Right. It's not just crack. Um, the 8th of this month, uh, March, it was the 30 year anniversary of the movie, the film New Jack City. Right. And so I tell everybody all the time when it comes to this podcast, I should have named it Spur of the Moment because a lot of the times. That's exactly what this podcast is. A lot of times it's things that just pop up in my head and I just have these ideas and then I just want to, you know, elaborate and explain those ideas. And so that's why I came up with the idea of wanting to do this podcast. Now, there's a lot of things that I'm going to include with that, but it's all going to be basically surrounded around crack, right? So even when you think about the movie New Jack City, you know what I'm saying? G Money, Nino Brown, you know what I'm saying? We, we get it, Pookie, all that type stuff. Um, I think it was a really, really good film. And what people got to, you know, look at when it comes to a movie like New Jack City, right? Um, you got to think about, you have to think about the Chamber Brothers. Um, the Chamber Brothers is who this story was kind of depicted on. And for the people that don't know the Chambers brothers, you know, there was some dudes um, down from the South. They was down, they was from Little Rock, Arkansas. And what they ended up doing was, you know, there was poor conditions down there. And so some of the family members ended up moving up to Detroit. 
And so, you know, the oldest brother, he tried to, you know, do everything right, but crack came along. So they seen how they could just double, triple, quadruple their money. So they ended up doing that. He get his brothers involved. And that's why the whole thing is called the Chamber Brothers, because it was like a whole family of selling drugs. You know, it's kind of similar to Frank Lucas. Like Frank Lucas, you know, was getting in a lot of trouble in North Carolina. Frank Lucas decided to go up to New York and, you know, a couple of years ended up running into Bobby Johnson, start being Bobby Johnson's driver, start seeing how he ran his business. And so then when Bobby Johnson died, Frank Lucas ended up taking over. And what Frank Lucas ended up doing was he made a call back home and then all his brothers and his family members came up to New York and he started his drug empire, you know, as far as Harlem and all the other stuff like that. You know, he was working with Nicky Bonds and them and all of that. So the Chamber Brothers um, were some interesting dudes, man. They ended up coming up with the idea of um, basically having this apartment building and using the whole apartment building to do prostitution. Um, that's where they bought the drugs at. Like, you know, you would, they knocked a hole in the wall of the mailbox and like they basically took over this apartment building and they would sell the crack through the mailbox slot. And so that's where the Carter came about as far as New Jack City. So, you know, the screenplay was around the Chambers brothers, so you have to credit them dudes for them to even get that story of New Jack City. And, you know, you got to shout out to uh, Mario Van Peebles, you know, for even, you know, wanting to put that type of movie on, on you know what I'm saying, on the big screen. And the movie did pretty good. Um, it, didn't, it didn't do the greatest, but, you know, it opened up a lane for, you know, somebody like, you know, Chris Rock to... You know, he, he had comedic moments, but it was more of it was more of a serious role. And he was really a crackhead, you know. And so, you know, to see him being rehabilitated and all of those type things within the film. And then also, you know, Ice-T being this cop that was, you know, not well perceived. And then they ended up teaming him up with a dude who was a former user. And they teamed them up together to take down Nino Brown. But this is the most important thing about Nino Brown that people got to realize. And I'm going to tie this in to one of my favorite shows um, that me and the guy Scooch Bronson is breaking down every Friday. Um, every week we're doing an episode of Snowfall, um, which is one of my favorite shows, man. Great TV show on FX. And um, I get into that just a little bit later, not too much. But um, when Nino Brown was on the stand, right? And he said that how he's not to blame. And he was like, there's no Uzis made in Harlem. There's no poppy fields, you know, where we are. And all this stuff is being funneled into the, into the country and all of this type stuff. And where that comes in is people got to realize, like, one a great documentary on this is the untold stories of the United States. Um, it was done by Oliver Stone. Um, a very great director. I like Oliver Stone. Came out with a lot of great movies. And Oliver Stone depicted, like, even when it comes down to, you know, a more modern war, as far as, like, the Iraq war and the Iran war, war you got to understand. Yes. 
it's about oil. Yes, it's also about the attack on the World Trade Center. But at the same time, it's about the drug trade as well. And that's the same thing they did in the 80s. When it comes to the 80s, the government was using CIA agents to go undercover and sell these drugs to these dudes that want to be these drug dealers. Because a lot of the times, like even when it came to snowfall, and like a and it's really like any really American gangster thing that you look at, like it always started out where they were just selling weed. Um, and, you know, weed is a you know a homeless drug, but, you know, it'll stimulate you. It'll give you that high. And, like, you know, then cocaine came in. But cocaine was so expensive that, you know, the, the, the people that was really making the money, it was just really the top guys. It wasn't really any small time pushes or anything like that because it caught they cost so much and then it was really on a high profile people that was using it so it was hard for you know what i'm saying the middleman to make any money and what ended up happening was somebody found out the formula to make it into a crack rock and when they made it to a crack rock they started selling it cheaper more quantities and all of that type stuff and then they just took over it got so big to the fact that it could not be slowed down and that's when the problems started to occur because when these when it started growing so rapidly and it, and people started getting richer very 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 quick it started creeping outside of those black neighborhoods now this is something you also got to look into is the fact of this stuff was funneled into the black community for a reason because we all know about the uh, the ski um, experiment. We all know about, you know, the smallpox, all that type of stuff. See, they, they would do these experiences, right? What experiments. And what they wanted to do was like, all right, we're going to use the black community. We're going to use both sides of it. We're going to turn the kids into dealers. And we're going to turn the older people into users, right? And then even when it comes to users, you got to understand like these people were, a lot of them was working multiple jobs just to get by. A lot of them couldn't get jobs if, you know, all that type of stuff. So you, you're getting depressed people and saying, yo, hit this. And then like they always say, you get that first high, that very first one. And you're always on search for that next high and you're never going to climax like you did the first time. So they started using the black community to make money for the war. And so they was dealing with Guatemala, you know, Colombia, all this type of stuff. Right. And what ended up happening was when it started to, to catch on to some people, what they started to do was they started to sell the guns to Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, all this type of stuff. Then they would take the money from there and go to Guatemala to pay them so they can ship the drugs into America. And in New Jack City, when he made that point, 
you know, the lady said, yo, uh, that might be true, but the government is not on trial here. Like, who's going to put the government on trial, right? So even, even if they're found at fault, which they have been found at fault, who's going to reprimand the government? You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you try to do a, cue, a coup and overthrow the government, nothing's really going to happen. So... I thought that that was the one of the most interesting points in that movie is the fact of, and you know, Brown saying that, but like the only thing that people really come away with when it comes about New Jack City is the fact of how ruthless Nino Brown was, how Nino Brown used a girl, you know, a little girl for a shield, um, how G Money ended up getting high off his own supply, you know what I'm saying? And start making bad decisions that kind of you know ruin the quarter um you know how he took g money out when uh the quarter got raided he blamed him for pookie so there's a lot of things and then like just like nino brown ended up you know everybody like sit your five dollar ass down for i may change you know what i'm saying like one of the most rememberable lines of the movie um you know, cancel that bitch, give me another one. Like, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of entertaining stuff in it, there's a lot of bad stuff in it, but, like, I feel that court scene was was needed, but I think that that court scene was slept on because people have to understand when it comes to this drug trade, the government is fully responsible for it. And, yes, I said fully, and I didn't say partially for the simple fact of when you put when you put people back against the wall people will do things that's unbecoming you know people will you know you know sell their body for money um you know just to eat so like there's a lot of things that when you get when you have desperate people that is searching for something and then you also got to look at the other end when you have kids that are watching their single parent mothers working three to four jobs and they still like making ends meet. But then you see this dude outside who's standing on the corner. He got a chain on, you know what I'm saying, with the Kango suit and all of this type stuff. My man is winning out there, right? And like, what what are you going to choose? You know what I'm saying? A lot of the times, man, the neighborhoods are so bad and they such in bad situations that they will take that risk to do so. And, you know, I've, I've never done that a day in my life and would never do it, but it's just like, you can understand like where these dudes are coming from as far as getting involved in that type of stuff. And, and we have a lot of different depictions of it. Like even, you know, when you look at, you know, boys in the hood, you look at boys in the hood, but, but when it comes to Doughboy, like, they didn't really get into Doughboy too much. But what they did was, when they did show, was the fact of how you can have two brothers living in the same home, you know, different fathers, but they're both two completely different people. You know, one of them, um, you know, stole a candy bar when he was young and I get some time. And then he comes out and now he's selling crack. And then you got the older, the younger brother who's this football star headed the U.S.
they are two different people. So I think that the message that is being shown in like a lot of these films are not really, if, if you put five people in a room and all five of them can be movie critics, you're not gonna, everybody's not gonna come away with the same thing. They're just like me and Scoots, we, you know, we do the Viewers Anonymous podcast and we don't always have the same opinions on movies and we don't always have the same takeaways on movies. Um, we have things that we're similar on, but we don't always come out with the same outcome. And I said it because like when, when I watch a lot of these films like that, like I humanize the people because I understand um, from far of why and how some of these people got involved in some of these things and how ruthless some of this stuff can get. You know, even when you think about a movie like Minister Society, you know, the you can look at those guys like as bad people. You know what I'm saying? They did they did some bad things. But at the same time, some of them was put in positions where their back was against the wall and they figured that you know, they didn't want to work a nine to five. So they took that route. And even when you watch a lot of the American gangster episodes, like they're, they're just, you know, the, the one person that people don't really speak about as much is uh, Freeway Ricky Ross. And Freeway Ricky Wall, Ricky Ross, um, you know, his American gangster, he actually talks about how um, he was working with the American government on bringing these drugs in. And he says uh, he has um, this ongoing dispute with um, Snowfall because he's saying that Franklin Saint is a depiction of him. He says that they took his story, but they kind of excluded him from it and didn't credit him for, for anything like that. Um, so he obviously has a different opinion of this. And Snowfall, what's great about Snowfall is the fact of there's a lot of stuff that's in it that's been documented. Like, you're not just watching a show. Now, don't get me wrong. They're fictional characters, and it's a fictional story, but to every story, there is some truth to it. So, I don't know how much of Ricky Ross that they used, but even when you watch the... the the Because uh, there's a couple of different ones about, you know, Freeway Ricky Ross... And the story, the story is similar. It is similar. But I think that when it comes to me, the reason why I don't always demonize these people 
just for the simple fact of it it wasn't their idea to do so. I guess what I, what I'm saying is even when look at look at all of these guys as far as the most noticeable people, you know, Freeway Ricky Ross, Frank Lucas, Nicky Bonds, the Chamber Brothers, um, Jeff Fort, Larry Hoover, you know what I'm saying, Melvin Williams. You know, when when you think about all of these people, right, and you look what ended up happening when those people was taken out, because this is the thing, excuse me, that's about crack. When the top man in charge was taken out, a lot of the time, this is when the chaos started. Now, don't get me wrong. There's, you have to be ruthless to be in this type of business for people to respect you, for people to you know pay when they're supposed to pay, and you got to prove a point. My thing is there wasn't that many casualties when these people were alive. Now, were their lives lost and were their lives taken? Yes. Were there a lot of people that were used, that were... I always say this. Uncle Washington has a problem with American Gangster and Denzel Washington playing them. He feels that they are putting somebody like Frank Lucas up on his pedestal, but Uncle Washington was in New York at the time during his reign, and he's seen how how the black community was you know, devastated. You know, Frank. The, the difference with Frank Lucas is the fact that Frank Lucas went directly and got his stuff from Vietnam and got it before anybody got their hands on it before it was chopped up and it was like 100% pure. And, you know, he didn't bake and solder it up and all of that type stuff. So a lot of people were, and he was selling it cheaper. So a lot of people was dying from this drug being so pure. And, you know, Uncle Washington was like, yo, I seen these women out there selling their bodies, you know, selling their kids toys, selling clothes, anything that they can get their hands on. And so he's always been not high on these drug dealers getting movies and stuff. And he always say, when you show America your bad side or your ugly side, they're going to think ugly of you. And the reason why I look at these stories a little different is the fact of knowing the history behind it. Yeah, it's ugly to always see, it is, it's ugly to always see, you know what I'm saying, the black man on the news getting apprehended or getting killed or killing people in the streets because uh, over turf or over product, over money and all of this type stuff. But you have to look at the root of it. Don't own no boats. 
don't definitely don't own no borders. So the stuff is getting a free pass. Well, it especially had a free pass into this country. And I've always looked at it that way of like, okay, let's 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 simplify this thing and look at like what's really going on. So that's why I never really looked at it like these are very bad people and they're doing something illegal, which they are. And in some cases they were bad people. But you also gotta turn and look at the government as well. And you also got to look at the plan that they had within that time. Um, it was very demonizing. It was very wrong. It was... I mean, I can, I can equate it to something like, you know, COINTELPRO, what J. Edgar Hoover did. You know, to prevent a black messiah. So, you know, after the 60s and 70s, you know, when all of the black leaders was pretty much taken out, you know, and, and you left with this war where they took these drugs and was like, yo, this is what we're going to use to fund the stuff that we got going on. And that's why I never put anything past the government is because the things that has happened that get swept under the rug. And that's the that's the thing. It's just that when when you when you hear people look at a movie like New Jack City, like I said earlier in the podcast, that is, you know, up on this 30-year anniversary. Watch it from a different point of view. Like, don't look at it. I mean, of course, I'm not going to tell anyone to not be entertained by watching a film. I would just say, look at the root of the conversation. And I'm not, like I say, I'm not taking up for these guys or women. You know, there, there's a new thing on um, BT. Uh, it's, it's the American Gangster, but it's the female version. You know what I'm saying? The female trappers. And so when it comes to the drug trade in this country and the movies that detected that um that portrayed this stuff that is going on i mean even when it comes down to that but you know what though i'm sitting here thinking and i'm thinking about south central and south central didn't really show like the drug dealer really um you know, so that was more that was more of a different type of story. Now, that's how Ray Ray ended up getting his money. And he was just using kids to sell uh, with the steel stereos. And he would, I don't know, I guess he would pawn the stereos. I don't know what the hell Ray Ray did with them damn stereos. But 
even when you look at these movies or these people being portrayed that way, and one of the most famous is, you know, Al Pacino playing Scarface. You know, he, you know, dealt with Sosa and, and Frank in the beginning. Now, now, that was different. Now, that was a totally different thing. Now, now that wasn't crack. That was cocaine. That was the come up from cocaine. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that depiction of it is a little different. But even when you watch that, like just look at the different takeaways that people have. Um, I guess for me, I know it may sound and seem like I'm defending the people for doing what they did, um, you know what I'm saying, to get by and the violence that they had to take in to do it. I mean, even when you watch Snowfall, it's like when you watch some of the things that they did, you know, as far as, you know, what the things that Leon is doing and the things that Franklin is doing, um, you know, it's the, it's the survival of the fittest. But what I like about that thing the most is the, uh, what Snowfall is the Reed character, the fact of the undercover CIA agent. And I will, I'm going to leave you with this. One of, one of the good scenes, great scenes, that was in episode four of season four that we just did on Viewers Anonymous was Reed and Franklin had a sit down. And Franklin asked him, how long is this war going to go on? And Reed was like, why would you ask me that? He was like, you know what I'm saying? You're breaking up with me. You know what I'm saying? It's not you, it's me type of thing. And he's just like, you know, just seeing, you know, this this chef life isn't long in this business. I'm just seeing how long I got before. Basically, I can, you know, grab all my chips and cash in because he got his other stuff as far as getting into real estate, all of that type stuff. So Franklin, you know, he's already done, started getting involved with a politician. So he's trying to look at his way out and to see how much longer he got to do to continue what he's doing. And, you know. Reed told him, you know, me trying to give you a time frame on this, it's like trying to catch a baseball with your teeth, a fastball with your teeth. It's like it's hard to tell. So he's basically told him to double up, um, get all, you know, get all you can get at this time. And then he was like, trust me, I I will be, you. well, excuse me, you will be the first person I let know like when this thing is about to be over with. So that's what I thought was genius. That's what's important about Snowfall. Yes, Franklin has done some wrong. Is selling drugs wrong? Yes. Is Leon doing wrong? Yes. But at the end of the day, the biggest snake in the room is Reed, but he's the most interesting character as well, because I will leave you with this. What I don't know is Reed's psyche. And what I don't know is, has Reed transformed himself into a drug dealer and he's not so much a CIA agent? 
or he's just a really good actor. So um, I'm going to leave it there. Like I said, it was, the subject matter was cracked, but you know what I'm saying? It also what gave me the idea was it was 30 years, the 30 year anniversary of New Jack City. Shout out to Wesley Snipes. Um, and like I said, spur the moment type of thing. One of those pies where I just wanted to throw something out there that was, that was on my mind. I wanted to do the episode a little earlier in the week, but I had a lot of things going on. Couldn't really get to it. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to put it out now um, before I get out, man. You know, shout out to Uncle Washington, man. That's my guy, man. Um, I hate that he's going through some things right now. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if you want me to say anything, so I'm just going to leave it there. But like I say, still be looking out for the Stolen Time podcast. Got something set up for that. So uh, that podcast is going to continue. A shout out to my last two guests, um, Nathan Goddard and Willie McGee. Appreciate those guys for coming on. Also, shout out to Scoots Bronson, my co-host with me on the Views Anonymous podcast. You can find that on all major platforms. If you want to watch the visuals, the visuals will be on the, on Scoots Bronson TV. Um, that's where you can find that at if you want to watch it on YouTube instead of listening to the audio. Um, shout out to um, Candice. Um, appreciate her support on the podcast. Shout out to Sinclair. Shout out to Casey. That's the new beat in the background that you hear. Um, also, shout out to Casey for the new intro beat for the uh, 28 Minutes or Less. Appreciate him for that. Uh, shout out to Mark. Shout out to Sinclair. Uh, shout out to Jamar, man. Um, appreciate everybody's support. Um, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Until the next time, this was episode 39 of 28 Minutes or Less. And I'm out.